Today is Friday, December 2nd, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Are Christians getting debanked? We'll have that story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, give us a rating, share it with a friend. Let's get through the news of the cray together. CBN's Billy Hallowell, Dragons Phillips with me as always on this Friday. What's up, fellas? I don't even know. I'm, I'm living my dream as usual. I'm on my second <laughs> coffee, my third coffee. I don't know. Living your absolute best life because <laughs> yeah. you haven't been debanked, which is, or at least not that we not know yet. of. Not yeah. yet. Not yet. Okay. No. And well. have we, have we uh, determined guys, if this Alex Jones, Kanye West interview is real? Has anyone determined I, this? I, I mean, everyone, he's wearing a hood on his face. I don't even know what to think anymore. I don't know what's going on. I, I'm skeptical of everything. So my first reaction was, <laughs> we, can't, we can't see his face. I could never say I think it's 100% him. No. I don't care. My thing is, whoever it is, it's weird when you look like a sock. Like, he <laughs> yeah. just looks like a sock. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, the things that were said on there were equally as crazy as the uh, outfit. Right. So, Uh, But I digress. We have a lot to cover on the podcast today. Some pastors are countering the drag queen story hours with a a unique trend there. We'll talk about that. Also on the main thing, those Christians reportedly getting extra scrutiny from banks. CBN's Dale Hurd has more on that. So we will get into all that and more on the podcast coming up in a few. But first, we're going to get through the news in 90 seconds. The federal government has awarded $5 million to a group of journalists to develop software that will encourage just regular American citizens to basically confront their friends over what they call, quote, harmful posts and, quote, misinformation. So the group that got this money, they're led by a group called Hacks for Hackers, um, and they received $5 million from the National Science Foundation And they're developing this analysis and response toolkit. So basically what it is, is a tool. You take a tweet, take a social post, you put it in there, and they give you an AI-generated response from quote-unquote experts. You also get a quote-unquote harm rating on the tweet that you can confront the person with. So you have that to look forward to. An Iranian protester went out and celebrated the U.S. soccer team's victory over Iran and then was reportedly shot in the head by government security personnel. Mehran Samak was the man shot according to a human rights watchdog that monitors Iran. And the United Nations General Assembly passed a resolution yesterday by a 90-30 vote to commemorate the Palestinian Nakba Day, uh, or they call the Day of Catastrophe, coinciding with the 75th anniversary of the birth of modern Israel and the UN ambassador to Israel called it a disgrace. Those are just some of the top stories happening today. You can check out those and more over at cbnnews.com. A lot going on there, guys. I wanted to talk with you guys about this disinformation campaign and the misinformation toolkit that the federal government is funding the creation of. This seems very suspect. Oh, no. It's just right <laughs> out of the pages of 1984. I mean, this is the kind of stuff where you just have to say, did anybody like when you're in the pitch room in federal government headquarters and somebody <laughs> says we're going to create this thing, there's nobody there to be like, this is not a good PR like, move. 
I don't understand half the th- again. I think it's the same thing we were talking about yesterday with this. Um, the, you end up in these insular groups, whether you're a big corporation or yeah. you're a government entity, and you all just sit around each other and you have the same perspective. So you all just you cannot fathom how whatever your idea is would ever be a bad idea. Because I think that if they just went out and asked anybody else outside of their insular group, everybody would be saying the same thing. Like, uh, maybe think that one (laughs) over a second, third, fourth time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you said it, uh, Billy, with the 1984. I mean, this is (laughs) the ministry of truth. I mean, think about that is what they are setting up. We need to battle this misinformation and the government needs to fund this truth tool. I, and yet I, the people who can't tell us anything proper about gender or anything else are now going to be the ones who fact check us. No. And, and Wonderful. Yeah. And it's just the fact and just the government doing it like this is, you know, when a judge has to recuse themselves from a case because they have a conflict of interest. That should be how everyone thinks of the government on something like this. You you just don't give this to the federal government. It's it's a recipe for absolute disaster. I mean, complete yeah. and total disaster. I mean, to sit here and act like and I and I think this comes down to there are two types of people in the country. There are those who think the government is benevolent and will cause no harm and there are others who understand that Government and power by default will eventually be abused. If not in the current form, it will be eventually. History has proven that over and over again. And so there are either those there are those who either know that or refuse to believe it. Yeah. Well, and if you give the government power, they're never going to give it no. back. Why would a government no. ever give back some sort of power that you've given them? And two, I can't imagine this ever even getting off the ground. Yes, there is a great you know, a big chunk of the country that's always going to believe that the government has our best interest at heart. But also there, are, you know, poll after poll showing that our trust in American institutions is, is pretty low at this point. I don't think anybody, you know, across the board generally has trust for our institutions because they've all become so politicized. So if you don't like how it's, or, or if you like how it's working under a current administration, just wait till the next administration comes of a different party uh, and, and you won't like it anymore. Well, yeah, but but also, though, I think back to COVID and maybe that ship has sailed now. But when there's a crisis, right? I mean, look, if you had taken that survey, if you had done that survey in April of 2020, you might have had a much higher percentage of people being willing to, to listen to everything. Nobody once paused to say, and this isn't to say that every government official is always lying, but nobody paused to think, huh. Anthony Fauci is a staff member of the U.S. government. What he's saying is always going to be at the behest of the government, right? Yeah. So I, I just think we have to be thinking about, about that part of it, too. Absolutely. And and also, too, they showed a willingness to lie to the American people in order to achieve an end, which they felt was a benevolent lie or the good lie. Right. Because they wanted to make sure there wasn't a run on masks so all the people that were in the healthcare industry could get the masks that they needed to get on the front lines of this thing. And they said, yeah, so we didn't, what we told them wasn't accurate and we did it on purpose. This is essentially what they well, said. And and that's just, yeah. if they did it once, they'll do it again. And I know we're going down, going down a rabbit hole, but I, I just, I, I think <laughs> too right that so the, the left went so far pre-COVID uh, against big pharma. I mean, everybody remembers that, yep. how awful pharma is, all this stuff, the industry is all about making money. And then if you become the person now, 
post-COVID, who questions anything about the millions upon millions of dollars they're making hand over fist with these vaccines, you are now the bad guy. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I, I, we're, you are on a, the same page yeah. as us pre-COVID. No, I, so it's just, I, like I said, it, this is, it's a rabbit hole that we probably don't I, need to go down. But No, no, I, th- I think it's worth talking about because um, th- th- they're going to try to do this again. And yeah. it is obviously just a problematic um, beginning point. Foundationally, it's problematic to have the federal government become the purveyor of what's true and what's not true. I mean, there are just so many problems with that setup that there are too many to discuss. But the fact that people are okay with that should be alarming to, I think, a lot of Americans. So, well, right. what if you don't want your kid? I just, I just, what if you don't want your kid to transition, right? And the government says, "No, no, transitioning is what's best for their health." What happens yeah. then? Right, and then you, as parents, you become, you know, you're you're going against what they say is the truthful uh, information, or the, or you're harming people by disagreeing with this. I mean, we currently have a transgender, you know, a man who thinks he's a woman and he cross dresses at the federal government at, at one of the highest levels in the federal government in, you know, is, uh, you know, in the, in the health uh, side of things. And so we have that going on. And now you expect to be treated fairly from a quote unquote misinformation standpoint. I mean, it's, it's dystopian level stuff here. And uh, if people don't stand up to it, you're going to be stuck with it and guess, you know, enjoy being labeled misinformation for the rest of your life because, uh, that's what's coming our way. And then what will happen is then when the other side gets in, when the right gets in, they're going to knee jerk and go the other way. And so then they'll be, you know, playing, well, two can play at that game. If that's the game we're going to play, we're going to do it. And then we get this whole just world where nobody knows what to believe about anything. So not no, not good. So happy Friday, everybody. Uh, just hopefully <laughs> we've lifted up your moods and your spirits. I kid, I kid. But let's uh, let's head into our next story here because... Uh, We have a lot to cover still. Uh, But two pastors are responding to these drag queen story hours, and they're doing it in a truly unique way. So, Billy, what's uh, going on here? All right. So, as you just said, you know, drag queen story hour, they popped up all over the country. They continue to pop up. Lots of controversy. Uh, So, we've got Dale Partridge, who's a friend of the show, and Michael Foster, two pastors who have joined forces to create pastor story hour um and if it sounds familiar it's because it's a play on drag queen story hour and basically this is an effort that was sparked after michael foster one of those pastors got on twitter and started talking about the need for christians to stop complaining about drag queen story hour and to start taking action um he basically put out a tweet and dal partridge saw it and said hey let's start an alternative let's do something ourselves as christians Uh, to make a difference here. And so the two of them, um, and they live in different places. Um, Michael lives in Ohio. Dale lives out in Arizona. They went to their uh, respective libraries. They filled out a form and very quickly were able to get time, just like the drag queens do. um, And they read books to kids. And, you know, it's just a really interesting undertaking. But again, a direct sort of response to that drag queen story hour. Yeah, and it seems like a positive response, right? Instead of just complaining about, what we're seeing happening um, to, to do something about it uh, on the other side of things. Like let's just have a positive response to that. So what are they hoping to see come out of all this? 
Well, you know, they said that this is a really good opportunity to be out there and to lead the way. One of the points of discussion, and it was an interesting one, you tend to see moms out there saying things, right, about all these issues. They're at board meetings. You don't see a lot of dads doing mm-hmm. it, or at least as many. And so really to motivate men to get out there and to push back against what they called corrupting influences in our culture and to push back on the evil of the day. And, you know, Dal Partridge said, look, you, you may not be reading a Christian book every time um, or an overtly gospel-driven book, but it may be a positive book that points kids towards biblical values in some way. And so I think they had like 15 to 20 at one of their gatherings and like 35 kids at the other, which is a pretty good turnout. Uh, but their bigger, their bigger goal is to get other people to do this. They want to do it maybe once a month in their community, but to motivate pastors all over the country, go down to the library, you know, do this same thing so that young kids could hear the gospel. Right. And it shouldn't be controversial to have someone read a Christian book if you're going to have drag queens over there fully dressed in their highly sexualized outfits, et cetera, and reading whatever it is they're reading. So um, we've talked, we talked about having a positive response. Now, what a lot of people do is they just kind of don't say anything and sort of close their eyes and hope it goes away. But why do you, why do these guys think that silence is a problem? Well, you know, Partridge said, look, he's like, passivity is not working. Um, and you know, Mike Foster, he was sort of talking about the reasons that we're in this position. You know, there's been a lot of silence and that silence was motivated really, um, by negative campaigns in the media, um, people making Christians feel like they shouldn't speak up. They, they shouldn't talk, but he, he spoke a lot about the fact that, look, you know, Jesus sent the church with a mission and equipped the church. We have the Holy spirit. We you know shouldn't be afraid. We should go out there and speak the truth and let, and, and let the truth resonate with people. And he argued that it will, if we get out there and speak it, it absolutely will. Um, he talked about the fact that, you know, one, one of the questions, and I thought this is really interesting that they were really contending with, and, and it's a tough one. They, they were like, why were all these drag queens more interested in influencing our kids and our communities than pastors? Right. Why were they out there doing this stuff and coming up with these ideas and pastors weren't? I thought that was a really interesting question to, to ask, honestly. Yeah, it is. And I, I think it speaks to what we were mentioning earlier about having a positive response to this and trying to influence the community in a positive way. I mean, if you're if you're able to, like I said, have a drag queen and something that kind of uh, controversial or provocative be allowed to be in that public library, then a pastor should be as well. Yeah. yeah. No, I th- and I think it's a it's a perfect example of, of the principle of free speech, right? Uh, we should respond to bad speech with better speech. And yeah. I think this is a perfect example here with Dale Partridge doing this and uh, other pastors joining in on this. I, I just think it's a fantastic response because uh, that's the best way, I think, to win this culture war, if we want to call it that, uh, because I think uh, parents will realize that there's other alternatives. There are better alternatives yeah. uh, than engaging negatively with a cultural issue, such as this drag queen story hour, yeah. which is a huge issue. But the best way to engage it is not just talking down to it, criticizing it, ridiculing it, but creating an alternative that actually speaks life and breathes life into families' lives. Yeah, and, and in a weird way, it kind of gives you an end because if you think about, let's just say, yeah. pretend the drag queen story things never happened. Well, if pastors started showing up at churches, or I'm sorry, at, at libraries, if, I mean, I hope pastors are showing up at churches, <laughs> uh, but if they started showing up at the libraries, then, you know, people probably would have complained about that. Hey, you know, this is a public library. You can't be mixing church and state, la, 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 la. But now what argument do you have? 
of getting a pastor out of there yeah. if you're allowing drag queens to come in. Yeah, no, and and that to me is going to be the interesting thing to watch, right? We've made this argument that this is an okay thing, that drag queens are just going to be everywhere now. Um, so why not be, why not also be everywhere? I feel like <laughs> we, we have sort of seeded, you know, the chaos. We've just sort of said, oh, we're going to just let it be. But letting it be, to Dell's point, has not served us well. And it's not about power. It's about reaching people with the gospel. There are people who right. need to hear the truth. There are kids being raised in a generation where they don't even know what the word nativity means, right? Yeah. I mean, this right. is insane. And so if we're not there, we're really depriving people of, of salvation and the truth. Yeah. Well, and, it, and an, another thing too, that, that this story, this pastor story hour is doing is it's poking at the lie that the drag queen trend is the objective, right? That's the lie that the secular world has sold that the unbiased position is to embrace all of this stuff. And the biased position is to be a Christian uh, or to, to be conservative when in reality, that's not the case. Obviously the embrace of drag Queens and the LGBT lifestyle and all that kind of stuff is a, it, that's subjective. That's the, the, that's a far left agenda. It's not a middle ground agenda. Uh, so I think the best way to respond is to do what he's doing because I think it presents that conversation uh, to people like, Oh, well, I guess if we're allowing one, as you were saying, uh, Dan, then we should allow the other two. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, we will uh, keep an eye on that one for sure. And we'll see how it develops and uh, if they gain any momentum on that. Um, so thanks for bringing that one, uh, Billy. That leads us into our uh, main thing here, and Christians are kind of quietly being potentially targeted at banks. It happened to Sam Brownback, who just strolled in one day to try to get a deposit out, uh, into his account, and he was told his account was shut down. Well, CBN's Dale Hurd has the story on what's going on with Christians and the U.S. banking system. That's today's main thing. When the National Committee for Religious Freedom, headed by former U.S. Senator and Religious Freedom Ambassador Sam Brownback, needed a bank account, they went to J.P. Morgan Chase. After only a few weeks, they learned their account had been closed. I went in to make a deposit at a branch here in Kansas uh, about three or four weeks after we'd opened up the account, I think, and the teller there said uh, that account's been closed. I go... What? Uh, I said, yeah, it's, uh, that account's been closed. Your funds will be being sent to you in a couple of weeks. And then later they came back and said, well, if you'll disclose who gives uh, more than 10% of your funds to you and your criteria for supporting candidates as a 501c4, we'll consider reopening up the account. Brownback says he received an apology letter, but still doesn't know why the bank made the decision. We want some real answers as to why this happened is, you know, and normally what I found is that most people just kind of slink away and just, okay, I got debanked or I got deplatformed. I'll go do something else or I'll find another way. And we thought that's the very reason we exist. The National Committee for Religious Freedom is so you can have a free exercise, which includes public or private and should include your commercial transactions too. CBN News contacted J.P. Morgan Chase about the incident, and they assured us that they would never discontinue a relationship because of a religious or political affiliation. And we didn't with this client. We're not proud of how we handled communicating with this client about what we needed from them and have apologized verbally and in writing. 
And while J.P. Morgan Chase didn't give us a reason for the account closure, they did say we are required by anti-money laundering laws to conduct customer due diligence. Wondering whether it was discrimination, the National Committee for Religious Freedom has started a website called Chased Away, encouraging people of faith to come forward if they've been denied service by a company or a bank. It also tells me we need to get people of faith in the boardroom. I think we need to start campaigns to get uh, a person of faith on every major corporate board in America. Used to be companies only wanted your business. These days, they may not if they think you believe in the wrong things. Since the 2020 election, banks and corporations have denied service to some Trump supporters. And Christian employees continue to be fired for speaking out about their beliefs at work. This year, the Canadian government weaponized its financial system against citizens protesting COVID-19 restrictions, freezing their bank accounts. Banking law expert Nicholas Anthony believes American banks could do the same thing. Banks have really a ton of power that people don't realize to shut down accounts, to freeze accounts, and upholding them for really any number of reasons. And worse yet, it could really be for any reason, and we don't get to understand why, because there's many cases in which they're prohibited by law from saying what actually happened. Earlier this year, Republicans warned banks to stop taking liberal positions on social and cultural issues. I'd heard of this happening to literally dozens of groups. I've had other people tell me that they got debanked or this insurance company denied them or this happened to this group. Journalist Rod Dreher, author of Live Not By Lies, warns that increasing numbers of companies care more about their stands on social issues than the bottom line. And he says Christians will be the victims. Corporations like Walmart, Apple and others are richer and more powerful than some countries in this world. They're going to use the power that they have within the corporations and every other institution to persecute the church. Uh, people think I'm radical for saying this sort of thing, but I'm telling you, it's coming. Dale Hurd, CBN News. All right, Dale, thanks so much for that. And that leaves us with time for one last thing uh, today, and we are going to head over to 1 Corinthians. Yes, it is 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. And, you know, those words are so important because I, I think that first part, be on your guard, sort of covers everything else. It's not just a one-time thing. We pray, accept, you know, the Holy Spirit, yeah. we move on. It's a relationship. Yeah, and I think that's a the big one of the biggest challenges we face as American Christians is we, we're so flooded with comfort. And we have just remarkable wealth and relative peace and security compared to the rest of the world and the rest of history that I think that's a real challenge that we have to actually let our guards down and just kind of be spiritually lazy. And yeah, Billy, we just wrapped up a conversation with Kathy Lee Gifford. She'll be on the, the Monday episode of the Faith versus Culture, I Can't Talk, uh, show on the CBN News channel. And the thing that stuck with me most that she said is it's a privilege to be bold for Christ. Mm. And I think what a what a great takeaway and a great perspective to have. And this verse really, uh, really hits home with that. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, we shall head into the weekend. You've made it through your Friday, or at least part of your Friday, for those of you listening to the podcast early. Uh, and as always, you can get more 
news from a Christian perspective over at CBNnews.com and faithwire.com. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, everybody. We will be back here on Monday with more. God bless. Have a fantastic weekend.